Moses was tending his father-in-law's sheep. He saw a bush burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So Moses says, I'm going to turn aside to see this great sight, why, why the bush, even though it's burning with fire, is not burned up. Moses didn't know it, but God was in the bush. And when he saw Moses turn aside, the Lord called him. And, here's, and, and Moses, as Moses came closer, here's what God said to him. He said, Moses, don't get too close. In fact, take your shoes off because the place that you're standing is holy ground. Anytime we come into the presence of God, we stand on holy ground. And Moses was in the presence of God. And God said to Moses, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the Bible in that, in that chapter, uh, Exodus chapter 3, said that Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look upon God. And God goes on with this message to Moses. He says, Moses, I've seen the afflictions of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cry. I know their sorrow. And I've come down to deliver them out of Egypt and bring them into a good land, a land that flows with milk and honey. And I imagine as Moses uh, heard God talking like this, he thought back to the first 40 years of his life. He'd been in Egypt for the first 40 years of his life. He wasn't a slave, but he knew the bondage that his people, God's people, were under in Egypt. And I'm sure he thought, as God said, I'm going to deliver my people from Egypt. God, this is good. This is wonderful news. I'm so glad you're going to do something and bring your people out of Egypt. But then God said something that Moses didn't expect. He said, we read it in verse 10, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, right away, Moses didn't think, well, let me, no, that's not right. Right away, Moses knew that God had the wrong man. He said, no, 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 no. You, You must be mistaken, God. I am not up to that task. Uh, uh, There's no way that I can go to Pharaoh uh, and and tell him to let your people go and deliver your people from Egypt. And so Moses asked God a question. And that question is the title of my sermon this morning. Who am I? Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Now, if you were here last Sunday night, you know that Adam uh, touched on this subject in his message. And what he said, as I mentioned before, God used to inspire me to, to preach this message. Last Sunday night, Adam said, Moses was asking the wrong question. In fact, God didn't answer, this is what Adam said, he said, God didn't answer the question that Moses asked. God answered the question that Moses should have asked. You see, Moses was well equipped for the job. He had lived in Egypt the first 40 years of his life as Pharaoh's grandson. He had been trained in the schools of Egypt. He had lived in the inner circle of the ruling family of Egypt in the course of Egypt. He knew how Egypt worked. Far better than any other Israelite, any other Jew. And for the next 40 years of his life, he he spent it in the wilderness uh, as a shepherd. And so in the wilderness, those 40 years, he learned the land. He learned the terrain. He learned where the oases and where the wells were. 
He learned the tracks that if you were going to travel through that land, he learned the tracks that you should take. He also, that second 40 years of his life, uh, 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 learned to lead. I mean, he was the leader of a bunch of sheep. If you don't know anything about sheep, they're dumb. They are dumb animals. They need to be looked after constantly. They need to be led to water. They need to be led to food. They need to be protected from predators. They, need to, they just need to be watched over every second, watched over constantly, so they just don't wander off from the rest of the, the sheep and, and get lost and get into trouble. And that, that training, as he was a shepherd, suited him well to lead the people of God, the Israelites, for they sometimes were dumb like sheep. They needed to be looked after constantly. They needed to be fed. They needed to be led to water. They needed to be led through the wilderness. They needed to be watched over so that they wouldn't wander off and get into trouble. And so Moses asked the question. When he asked the question, who am I? God could have said, hey, I've trained you for 80 years. 80 years you've been in my school of preparation. I have equipped you for this job. He could have said, who better to go to Egypt? Who better to stand before Pharaoh? Who better to carry my message? Let my people go. And when Moses asked that question, who am I? God could have said that. But I'll say what Adam said last Sunday night. Moses asked the wrong question. Who he was wasn't important. What was important is who was doing the calling. What was important is who was doing the sending. And what God said next was what was really important. And again, he didn't answer Moses' question because it wasn't important who Moses was. What was important was what God said next when he said this. Certainly, I will be with thee. Certainly, Moses, when you go to Egypt... When you go to Pharaoh, I will be with thee. I'm sure Moses said, thought, he didn't say it, it's not recorded in God's word, but I'm sure he thought, that's wonderful. But who are you? Who are you? In fact, he asked that question. Who are you? He didn't, you say, I don't see that in the Bible. He didn't ask it directly. He asked it in a roundabout way. When God called him, here's what Moses said. God, let's say I go to Egypt. And I go to your children, the children of Israel. And I tell them that the God of your fathers has sent me. And they ask, what's his name? What shall I say? When I go to your people and I tell them that the God of your fathers have sent me to deliver you from Egypt. And they say, well, what's his name? How should I answer that question? And, and what Moses was really doing, uh, he, he, he was asking God, okay, you're going to go with me, but who are you? Who am I, and who are you? And here's how God answered the question. Well, if they ask you what my name is, and by the way, as we've talked about in Sunday school the last few weeks, when the Bible uses the word name, it's just not talking about what a person is called. It's not just talking about a title. When, when, a, when, when you talk about a person's name, as that word is used in the Bible, it represents the essence of that person. It compasses all that person is. 
And here's what God said in answer to Moses' question. You tell them, I am that I am. You tell them, if they ask you who sent you, you tell them the I am sent you. What God was saying when he said, I am, what he was saying is, I am everything. I am all that you need. I am all that's required. It's like God said, I am blank. And Moses, you can fill in the blank, but because, because whatever you need, that's what I am. And you tell them, the I am has sent you. And he sent Moses. And when you deliver the message to Pharaoh, Moses, when you deliver the message to let my people know, go, it's not your message. It's my message. You're just my spokesman. You're my mouthpiece. In fact, when Moses gave God the further excuse, well, I can't talk plain, he said, well, look, Aaron, your brother, he can talk plain. Here's what I'll do. I'll tell you what to say. You tell Aaron what to say. And then Aaron can tell Pharaoh. And what God says, you tell him, I am is sending you. And you're coming not with your message, but with my message. And Moses, when you go, you're not going in your power. You're going in my power. You see, it wasn't Moses that made the river turn to blood. It was the great I am. It wasn't Moses that brought the frogs or the lice. It was God. It wasn't Moses that brought the flies or the murrain that killed the horses and the asses and the camels and the oxen and the sheep. It was the I am. It wasn't Moses that sent the boils or sent the hail or sent the locusts or sent the darkness that lasted for three days or sent the death angel to kill the firstborn son and every family where there wasn't blood on the doorpost. It wasn't Moses' power that brought about those miracles. It wasn't Moses' power that brought down Egypt. It wasn't Moses' power that got Pharaoh's attention. It was God's power. The I am, the power of the I am. And so Moses didn't go alone. God was with him. He didn't go with his message. He went with God's message. And he didn't go in his own power. He went with the I am and the message of the I am and the power of the I am. And so you see, Moses, it's not important who you are. You've been trained. Probably not a better person to go to Egypt with God's message. But to ask the question, who am I that I should go? It's not the right question to ask. The right question to ask is, who's the one sending you? Who's the one calling you to go? Today, 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 right now, this day, God calls to every Christian and has an assignment for all of us just as important as the assignment that he gave to Moses that day in front of the burning bush. That assignment is to, like Moses, go and give the message of deliverance to slaves. Just like Moses, it's an assignment to deliver people from their bondage. Just like Moses, it's to bring a promise of a better land. God said to Moses, hey, tell my people I'm going to lead them to a land that flows with milk and honey. God tells us, calls us, gives us an assignment to go to others and tell them about a better place than this old earth. A place that he has made. A place that he has created for his children. 
That call from God is expressed many times in the Bible. Probably the most familiar is in Matthew chapter 28, 19, and 20, where the Bible says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And most of us as Christians, we're like Moses. We ask the question, who am I? I can't do that. God, you must have the wrong person. You want somebody to carry your message to those that are slaves to sin? You want somebody to carry your message to those that are bound by sin? You want somebody to carry the message of heaven to sinners? Who am I? Who am I? Look, we're asking the wrong question. It's not important who we are, though God has trained us and equipped us and prepared us, just like he did Moses to reach those people that he sends us to. If God has put somebody on your heart about needing to be saved, there's not a better person than you to reach them for Jesus Christ. And so when we ask the question, who am I? God could could say to us, just like he could have said to Moses, well, I've, I've prepared you. I've used every experience in your life to make you what you are. And and I've given you the personality and the talents and, and, and everything you need to reach that person for me. He could say that, but we're asking the wrong question. It's not important who we are. It's important who's calling us. It's important who's sending us. Did you listen to that verse that we read from Matthew? He said, go and teach and baptize and teach. And did you hear what came next? And lo, I am the same I am that was in the burning bush is the same I am that says to us, go and teach and baptize and teach. And then he says, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. The I am goes with us. And as we go, we don't take our message. We take his message. I mean, this message that we preach, this gospel that we preach, it's not, it's not our message. It's not mankind's message. Listen, if it was my message, you'd have to do something to get it. I wouldn't give salvation away freely. You'd have to work for it. You'd have to deserve it. But it's not my message. Praise God, it's not. (laughs) Uh, It's not my message. It's his message. It's a message of mercy. It's a message of grace. It's a message that says we're all sinners. There's none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's a message that reminds us that there's a penalty for that sin. And that penalty is, is spiritual death. Separation from God. Separation from the one that made us. Separation from the one that wants to be our friend. Separation from the one that has a plan for our life and created us as part of that plan. It's a message that says there's a penalty for our sin. But it's a message that says, I love you. I love you. 
I don't want to be separated from you forever. And even though there's nothing that you can do to overcome your sin on your own, you can't make up for it, you can't pay for it, you can't join a church, you can't get baptized, there's nothing on our own that we can do for our sin. God says, I love you and I'll do something about it. And he sent his only begotten son. And he came and lived among us for 30-some years. We're getting ready to celebrate the incarnation of God in man as Christ was born of a human mother. He said, I'll send my son. He'll live among you for 30-some years. He'll be tempted in all points like you see, yet he will not sin. And I'll allow you to take him and nail him to a cross. And on that cross, I'll lay the sin, every sin of every mankind, and he'll pay the price for that sin. He'll pay the price that you owe. And if you receive the gift that he purchases there for you, if you receive that gift, I'll give you a home in heaven. It's not our message. It's not mankind's message. We couldn't have come up with a message like that. It's God's message. And when we go, just like Moses, when we go, we don't go in our own power. We go in the power of the I am. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Listen, people all around us are bound in their sin. They're they're living a life like Angie started off her song by saying, they, they live a life with no hope. We've been called by the great I am. We've been called to deliver his message. We've been called to deliver it with his power. Who am I? That's not the right question. The right question is, who's sending me? Who's calling me? The great I am. So let's go to Jerusalem. Let's go to Judea. Let's go to Samaria. Let's go to the uttermost parts of the world. And tell people about Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by him. If you're here today and you've never received Christ as your Savior, you have no hope from heaven apart from him. You have no hope to have your sins forgiven apart from him. You have no hope to get right with God apart from him. I invite you this morning to come to the, to, to the Savior. He said, whosoever shall call upon me, I'll save. I'll save. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've never done that, I encourage you to do that this morning. In fact, we'll help you. You come in just a minute when we stand and sing. I'll have somebody take the Bible, show you from the Bible how you can ask Jesus to be your Savior. My message this morning was aimed mostly at Christians. We're coming to that this t- the time of year when more people are, respe- uh, are, are receptive to the things of God. Easter and Christmas are the two times of year when people are more receptive to hearing the gospel. We, we had better not waste this time. Amen. We've been called by the great I Am. We need to go. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the message that you had for us this morning. I pray we as Christians would take heed that we would realize the time is growing short, 
that what we're going to do for you, we need to get busy and do it. We need to get busy and do it now. And I pray, Father, that you would just remind us of the responsibility and the privilege that we have to share Jesus Christ. I pray for those that are here that don't know him this morning. They don't know what it is to be saved. They don't know what it is to have their sins forgiven. They don't know what it is to be part of your family, be one of your children. I pray, Holy Spirit, you've spoken to them in the past few minutes. You've showed them their sin, the price of that sin and the price that Jesus paid on Calvary for it. And I pray, Father, this morning they would come and and receive the gift that he purchased for them on Calvary. Just bless this time of invitation. Use it to build your kingdom. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.